Good evening. Now that'll get your attention. Yeah, thanks for backing me up. Good evening. Welcome to Tuesday Evening Chapel. This is the first chapel service of the spring trimester 2010. There are um, some folks around the room, and I'm kind of looking for you. I won't, I won't pick you out, but there are some new students who, uh, this is their first time in a chapel service, so I need you to look on either side of you, see if you see somebody you don't know, and welcome them. And then I want to... Um, then I want to also introduce to you, at least in absentia, uh, Professor Ronnie Wilson has a new addition to his home, his son, Talon. So Ronnie's over here. You give me congratulations. Man. And then there are some folks from the Eastboro Church of the Nazarene, if you'd raise your hand. I'm glad you're here. We're going to sing about the goodness of God, so this song is just not a sit-down song at all, so I need you to stand. Two, three. You sang tonight like you believe that. Amen. God is a great God, and we come to worship Him tonight and to celebrate His goodness and His blessings in our life. Uh, and I, I want you to know that uh, there's been a lot of prayer put into this service tonight. And I believe God wants to do something special. Would you join me in prayer? Thank you, Father, for the promise that where two or three gather together in the name of Jesus, your presence is right in the midst of us. We, not, we don't need to plead for you to be here, for you are here. And you will speak to us tonight. Help us to listen. You want to give gifts to us tonight. Help us to receive. You want to change us tonight. May we be transformed into the likeness of our Savior. This I pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Tonight I want to remind us of the healing power of God. Anyone who has paid attention to the gospel narratives can see that healing was a vital part of the ministry of our Lord Jesus. Matthew 4.23 records, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. As you read the gospel accounts, you see that people of need flocked to Jesus. They came to him in large crowds. And a passage that really catches my mind and captures my heart 
is in Matthew 14, 14, where it says that he had compassion on them. He had compassion on them and healed their sick. After his death and resurrection, the disciples continued the healing ministry of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. The book of Acts records miracle after miracle. As the scripture says, as the crowds from the towns around Jerusalem brought their sick and those tormented by evil spirits, and all of them were healed. The Apostle Paul continues the ministry of healing and gave praise to God when he says, Therefore I glory in Christ Jesus in my service to God. I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me in leading the Gentiles to obey God by what I have said and done, by the power of signs and miracles through the power of the Spirit. It should not surprise us then that James closes his book with the admonition to offer the prayer of faith for those who are in need. In fact, if you'll turn with me to James chapter 5, we'll look together at three verses. James chapter 5, beginning to read with verse 13. It's a familiar passage to us, and it has something to say to us tonight. Is any one of you in trouble? He should pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Sunday, I was making my way to La Junta to preach in their morning service. Most of you have heard that Dr. Laurel Matson and Sharon received disturbing news this week, this past week. And he'll be sharing in a minute and updating us on that prayer request. And it says, I was making my way to La Junta, I felt the Spirit stirring within me. I knew that I was to preach tonight and pretty much had in mind what I would say. But I've learned a long time ago that, that preaching is being obedient to what the Lord wants to say through us. And um, you who will go out to be pastors, I can tell you that through the years I've sat on a platform and thought I had the message ready 
And somewhere in the middle of the song service, the Holy Spirit would say, I'm doing a different thing here today, and just follow me. That's a scary moment the first time that happens. But this I learned. It's best to follow the lead of the Holy Spirit and allow Him to do His work. So in my heart, I felt impressed that when I came to you tonight, I would come with this message about healing. And then we would close our time together by anointing those who have need. Those who, who would like to be anointed because of sickness or, or any other issue. If you have need, affliction, we want to pray for you tonight. And that is what we're going to do. But prior to that, let's look at this passage a little closer to see the instructions James is giving to us. You must know that this is not a, a pattern for healing. There, there's nothing magic in this pattern, and we're not looking at it from that, that perspective. But what we are looking at is what would James say to us tonight if there was sick among us? What would he say to us? And I believe he would say this. I believe that he would say, call for the elders. Now, Barnes notes on the New Testament writes, the reference is the religious teachers of the congregation, the officers of the church entrusted with its spiritual interest. The spirit of the command would embrace those who are pastors and any others to whom the spiritual interests of the congregation are confided. So that's what he commands us to do as elders to come forward and call for them. And then he says, they should pray over this person, pray over him. Through the years of ministry, I have prayed for countless people. Brother Zell, I, I, like you, Dr. Matson, I, I cannot begin to even comprehend how many people I've prayed for over the years. I, I, have, I have been with them at the, beside the hospital bed. I'll, I'll tell you just a quick story. I had a dear lady who was having surgery at Wright-Patterson Air Base, the hospital there. And I got there early to pray with her, and I gathered with her and her family. We had a prayer for her. And I went to sit with the family in the waiting room. It was, it was a very serious surgery. And they didn't know that if she would survive the surgery or not. Well, I was sitting visiting with the family when a nurse came in and said, Mrs. and called her name, would like to see you. And I said, well, I'd be glad to. She, no, she wants to see you now. She wants you to pray for her. I said, well, I just did, but I'd be glad to do it again. So I followed the nurse back into the area, and, and there were doctors and nurses all around her bed. And they started to leave when I came into the room. She said, no, wait. Wait, she said. Come back. And they all came back. I'll never forget what she said. Rita looked at them, and she said, look, he's already prayed for me. I want him to pray for you. <laughs> So, 
those doctors and nurses graciously bowed their heads and allowed me to bless them and pray for them. And when I finished, she looked at them and she said, you can take me now. And, and I can't recall all the times that I've knelt with someone in their home and prayed for them or, or took them by the hand and, and, and held their hand. And called their name to the Father. Lay hands on their heads at a time of prayer around the altar. But I have to admit to you tonight, the hardest thing for me to do is to pray for myself. I recall years ago the loneliness of sitting in a waiting room by myself while my wife was undergoing surgery. See, I was the pastor and I was alone. And I think what James is saying to us here is that a person who is sick needs the community of faith to surround them and pray over them. Then he says, anoint with oil in the name of the Lord. I have to confess that I read what I'm about to share with you several years ago and I can't tell you where I read it. But it's good enough to share again. So whoever wrote this out there and wherever you are, I give you credit tonight as I share this with you. The oil of anointing is a type of the Holy Spirit. This is true in the case of anointings for consecration and when anointing is done for physical or spiritual healing, the use of oil as a symbol for the Holy Spirit emphasizes, now get this, emphasizes the healer's awareness that he or she is not the possessor of healing power. Rather, it is only when the Holy Spirit is mediated to the afflicted person that healing can take place. Applying oil for healing appears to have a meaning similar to that of invoking in the name of Jesus when praying for the sick. The healer is acting as an agent for the Lord, affecting healing by Christ's authority or in Christ's name. Thus James instructs the elders to anoint with oil in the name of the Lord. We, we can say that according to scripture that oil becomes a type of the Holy Spirit. And when oil is applied to an individual and combined with prayer, it releases the power of the healing Christ can give on behalf of the sufferer. 
So anointing with oil is an act of trust and dependence upon God. When the sick and afflicted are anointed in the presence of the worshiping community, the whole community declares that it places its trust on God and God alone for healing. And then he says, And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. Can I admit to you tonight that this is a hard saying that has tripped up many and innocent through the years. In fact, in the, book, in the book Hard Sayings of the Bible, we read many of us have known people who have been mishandled by others who believed in healing. Some have been misled by those who confidently promised healing but have not in fact been healed. Let me say this to you tonight. Healing is a divine mystery. God does not provide the same things to everyone, nor the same thing all the time to any one person. The gifts are measured according to the kingdom standards, not our standards and are given entirely for God's purposes. Perhaps that's why we read in a church bulletin, due to the pastor's illness, Wednesday's healing services will be discontinued until further notice. Because it's a mystery. It's hard to get our arms around. And I must tell you, that because of that, sometimes we shy away from it. And I believe that because we shy away from it, we miss the gift of God's grace to His people. The Spirit has given us the grace and gift of healing. That is why we can come before our Heavenly Father in confidence. Because the same power that worked in Jesus, that worked in the disciples, that worked in Paul and in James, is at work within our world today. The kind of healing that the Bible talks about also takes place today in our day, and in our time. It is real. So that's why we come tonight in confidence. Because we have a great big God who loves us more than we can ever begin to understand, who sees what we're going through, and cares so deeply that he continues to send the spirit of his son to us to embrace us and to love us and to bring us to himself. So that's why tonight I invite you, wherever you are, if you have a need, in a moment, 
we're going to ask you to come and stand around, and then we're going to call for the elders. We have the oil, and we're going to anoint. But before we do that, I'm going to ask Dr. Matson, if he would, to give us a brief update on, on what's going on in their lives right now. Thank you, Doctor. <clears throat> Thank you, Dr. Graves. As many of you know, uh, last Friday, we got that uh, telephone call. Sharon got it home, then I got one in the office, and that's always not necessarily a good sign. Uh, we hurriedly were able to make an appointment with a neurosurgeon, and uh, she and I went to the, well, she went to the neurosurgeon, I tagged along. And uh, while we were sitting and the physician's assistant was uh, doing all of the things that a physician's assistant would do, I was looking around the room at all of the all of the items on the wall. Like I saw that the doctor had graduated from the University of Southern California with a medical degree. That sounded good to me. I saw that he had done his internship at the University of Texas Medical Center in San Antonio, and that looked fairly decent to me. And I saw that he'd been on the faculty of the University of Texas Medical, and I thought that was great. And I saw the Hippocratic Oath, and then I saw a little plaque that when there was nobody in the room except Sharon and I went over, I went over and looked at it a little more closely. And it was the best thing I saw in all the room. Because the plaque was a plaque of praying hands. And the inscription on it said, these are the hands of my neurosurgeon. That has to instill some confidence in the heart of a Christian. Uh, we spent about an hour with the doctor. Uh, the doctor showed us all the pictures. I wish I knew what they meant and what he said about them. Uh, long story short, we really know very little more now than we did when we went to see him. Uh, he talked to us about the fact that he had really only seen this situation a couple of times in his medical career, and that he was going to refer us to experts at the University of Colorado in Denver. And he said, uh, if you go through these processes and get this test and do that, I'll be working on the other end and we'll get you uh, uh, an appointment at the university uh, hospital. Uh, it won't be next week. We hope it's before six months from now. Uh, that's where we stand tonight. That last statement was actually a little bit of an encouragement to me. Uh, I felt like he wasn't saying, boy, this is so urgent, we've got to get her up there now. I appreciate so much, we appreciate so much your prayers. It's absolutely incredible. Since the word has begun to get out, almost every time I open my email, there's new messages, there's phone calls, text messages, and a couple of text messages today while we're at the doctor's office. Your support, your encouragement, your faith, your prayers mean so much to us. Thank you. It's not over. We still need your prayers. Most of you know also that Scotty Young has been sick. He, uh, last night he, he had to go to the emergency room after class. Most of you know Scotty. He's a, he's a friend to all of us, isn't he? And uh, he's doing such a wonderful job uh, here at NBC. And he could not be here tonight, but I've asked um, Chris Donnelly, where's Chris? Chris is going to, he's going to 
kneel in for uh, Scotty tonight, and, and we're going to anoint Chris uh, for Scotty tonight. And we're going to anoint Sharon as well, and any others. If you would like to be anointed tonight by an elder and have hands laid on, we just ask you to kneel at the altar here. And um, in a moment, I'm going to pray, prepare our hearts, and uh, get, set ourselves aside here. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, you are our God, our Redeemer, giver of health and salvation. We give thanks to you tonight for the gift of oil used by prophets and apostles as a sign of your grace and favor. Father, send your spirit now. Prepare our own hearts. Father, if there be anything in our life that is displeasing to you, we ask your forgiveness. And we thank you. We acknowledge tonight that we are simply following your word and that healing power comes from you through your spirit and in the name of our risen, all-powerful Lord Jesus Christ. Settle in upon us now in this holy moment. And do your work in our hearts and in our lives. And may your healing power be released in all of us tonight. This I pray in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I want to ask the elders that are here tonight to come and stand with me, if you would, at this time. All elders. And now, Sharon, if you would lead the way, and Neil here, and Chris, if you would follow, and anyone else that would like to, she can't kneel, well, let's get a seat here. We can do that. Why don't you just sit right there, and we, oh, we, thank you, thank you, Dr. Powers. So sit right there, and Chris, if you would, anyone else that would like to come and bring some need to the Lord, please feel free to do that now, because God is here, and God wants to do something.